So welcome back to The Blanket Fort. And joining me today in The Blanket Fort is Shane Morton. Shane Morton is a dog dad, a secret cabaret performer, and he has published over 30 books, including, but not limited to, his Point Pleasant holiday series and his dangerously delightful drag queen detective books. Welcome to The Blanket Fort, Shane. Hi, Liz. I love you. Yay. Love you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so 30 happy. books. That's what you told me. <laughs> you know what? It's true. But every time I hear it, like it, it, it surprises me just a tad. <laughs> right? Like what? 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 Who? Yeah. I'm like, oh, wow. I did do that. Yeah. Ah, 30 books. I don't know her. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what's new with you. What have you been working on? Uh, so I just, um, we just released our, um, myself, Abigail Cade and Drea Roman just released a project that we've, I mean, it's been like two years in the making, Lakeview University Holiday oh, yeah. Trimester Series, which is three books, one from each of us, kind of all interconnected. Um, there's, you know, the times that our three, our three professors are best friends. So their meetings happen in all three of our books told from different perspectives um, as to what they're going through. And it was like, it was a huge project actually, like really interconnecting and interweaving things together was the first time I've ever really done that because all of my multi-author projects were standalone, complete standalones. And these are standalones, but you get so much more out of it because of all of the interconnections that are in the book. It's, it was kind of crazy, but it was fun because it was with two of my best friends. So it was, you know, and I have, fun. I've read Drea's. I haven't read yours and Abigail's yet. I read Drea's. Spoiler, because I, I edited it. So I'm like, <laughs> I read Drea's. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that, though. Like, you're talking about the interconnected in it. And it was so fun. I liked how, you know, like, the, those conversations got dropped in and they were tying them together. And when I, normally when I'm editing a book, for example, and I'm like, what what the hell are they talking about? I I. I would say that, but I didn't. I let it go. I'm like, nope, no, nope, I'm gonna trust the process. I can't read to read yours and Abigail's. Well, yeah, because it's it's like the things I could mention, because I was the first book. Mm-hmm. So the things that I could mention in my book were nothing. <laughs> I it had to be kind of like as I as they told me their story, I my mouth fell on, you know, like I couldn't talk about what their surprise was right like, right because I was the first book and then uh, right. Abigail was second so Abigail could talk about my the stuff happening with me but couldn't really talk about what was happening with Drea's book because she was last and then Drea could talk about any of us you know because yeah. she was the third book so yeah. it was uh it was just it was it was kind of a wild ride actually it's not something that I would I would say and I loved the phone conversations with them because I love talking to, they're like you and Lynn for me, right? Like we talk, we hang out outside of of this. Sometimes we just get together and have some drinks and, and shoot the crap on, on, uh, on messenger. Right. Yeah. And that's how Drea and of course, Abigail are, we call each other on the phone and, you know, just hang out together every now and then. So it was really nice having uh, a, besides just getting together and talking for the hell of it, it was nice to actually spend time kind of watching their cre- creative juices and th- the way they create. 
mm-hmm. um, work with the way I create, which is kind of chaotic. It's like rolling a 12 sided <laughs> die and seeing what's happening next. Right. Like, mm-hmm. so watching, watching me and them blend our three ways, which are all three very different uh, together was, it was kind of fun actually. And it was inspiring and, uh, I could do it with somebody like them again. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I did something only once very briefly like that. Uh, my very first Veil vale Valley book, actually. And Gia and I made our characters cousins, like very, very distant cousins. <laughs> it, it This was also where we really, both of us, leaned into the God storyline that yeah. starts getting threaded throughout. And now it's just like taking over Valleywood, right? and um so yeah yeah, it's fun and uh so we did that and in that first my very that was my first emprike that i'd ever written and uh really yeah it really was the one with the merman yep i didn't realize that 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 that, uh that bell valley was your first emprike that was my first emprike and it was my first solo book too Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Everything I'd done before that was uh, co-authored with uh, my bestie, Jenny Urban. Yep. So I was like very first solo, the whole thing. Yeah. And we wrote a scene, a conversation between the two characters and then used different parts of it in our books independently. So we wrote that one scene together and it was an experience because like I, I co-wrote with my bestie, but Jenny and I have like the the whole shorthand because we've known each other literal decades yeah so you know it, it it's a different like we understand each other it's like that communication is totally different than it would be with anybody else and with Gia I was, I was like wow this is, a, this is a very different experience not bad just very different yeah. it was a lot of fun too because you know just keep being in the you know sort of branch back off again I'm waving my yeah. hands like the podcast listeners can hear me and see me. I, Jazz and yeah, <laughs> uh, no, that that's kind of we we wrote so like I was ahead because I was the first one to publish. Mm-hmm. So there were certain scenes that I wrote. I was like, here is our first meeting at blah blah blah, right? Mm-hmm. And um, we of course used google docs and my thing was <laughs> change anything you need to change if you have any dialogue that of course needs to be altered and changed because a your character wouldn't say it that way or um uh, it, it will affect your book or the, or something else you know let's go ahead and change it put the note in let's change it um and uh, because it is your character and I want to make sure that I have your character's voice correct. Mm-hmm. So what, you know, what, what I know from our, from our conversations is this is what I think it is. Right. But in terms of actually writing it, and it was kind of great because there were only a couple times that, um, and it was one, actually one from each of them. Uh, Drea told me I said something too mean once (laughs) Uh, and Abigail said yeah no he wouldn't say that he would say it this more prissy way (laughs) oh there you go you you were two to the point 
he would beat around the bush with it. You know what I mean? So like there were really only two times that we, as far as I know, actually they altered anything in my book. And I, I don't think that, I think that once we kind of got that tone yeah. with each other, yeah. that no, you got the tone, you got all this correct. Just this one line needs to, needs to alter. I think we kind of all had it at that point in time. Yeah. All the conversations and, um, and Google Docs makes working together just a totally. Oh, it's I so mean, great, I, isn't it? Ten years ago, right? Like that oh. would have been maddening. We well, let's see. My first Jenny and I did use Google Docs, like when we first start, because when we first started writing our books, we'd already been writing fanfic together because we're nerds. And uh, so we did use Google Docs for them, but it has changed so much in the years and it has gotten a lot better. It's, but it's a, it, it, it is a life saver for so many oh things. Gosh. I'm, I'm co-writing. Okay. So I me? have, I'm co-writing. Uh, our book hasn't come out yet. And that's all I'm going to say. Uh, it's a surprise. Um, oh, okay. Well, when, when is it supposed to come? When is the super secret project supposed to come out? It will come out this year. Um, oh. It deals with demons and angels and priests and mysteries and old gods and war. And it's very exciting. Um, uh, mating. Um, so we're writing the first book now. Mm-hmm. We've been planning this for a while. Uh, and so we're writing the first book now. We're into it. And once we get the, uh, that will get done, go to the editor. The second book will be already started. Uh, we're going to get all three books ready to go mm-hmm. um, out of what will be, I think at this point, a six book series is what we're planning. Ooh. And we will release in the fall. Uh, oh. the first three books. Will you tell um, me who you're writing with? Will you tell me and 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 absolutely no one else? It's not like this is being recorded or for internet broadcast or anything. I can't. So we um we oh, may we, oh. we're not we are not going to tell anyone until we are ready to put it up and it is a done deal. You know what okay. I mean? Like because co-writing is one of those things that they're you know, like you trust people a hundred percent, but it still comes with when you're co-writing and with Amazon and the rights to the book, if something happens to one of us, like we're being really thoughtful about having our business stuff all tied up too. Okay. So yeah. It's yeah. Logistically nice and, speaking, you have yeah. to, yeah. Like you, you just, there are certain things that you need to do to protect yourself and protect each other too. Yeah. Yep. And we've been, we've been planning this for a couple years now. So yeah. And it all, it's so much easier to take your time. GRL. And, Ooh. What happens, right? So what happens at GRL? Um, but we saw, so G, uh, there were all these priests uh, in St. Louis at the G at, there was a, a gay rom lit convention and a priest convention happening at the same time. 
two that, years ago. Oh, the yes, I remember hearing about that. That's wild. It was so hot. It was so hot. There were, I, you know, priest fantasies just flipped through everybody's brain. But yeah, I, I was going to say, I thought it was wild when the when they had all the the uh, the gay porn stars the year in Denver. No, I missed that one. That was my um. First, my first one was after. After that, I think it was Arizona, uh, when I met you right before yeah, you New Mexico. started yeah, doing Albuquerque, the, uh, yeah. yeah, Albuquerque, right before uh, you started doing the Magical Cowboys. Because my first memory of you is, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> first memory of you is you're like, oh, and you started talking to me and you were like, have you ever wanted to write Magical Cowboys? And I was like, why? Yes, yes. I, I, I have always wanted to write magical cowboys, but I don't think I can do that now because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I remember this conversation in the lobby because we, we were discussing something. I don't remember what we were discussing that led that led you to the aspect of. I think maybe you had read, maybe you had read Sean Azenzalt's Criminal Delights book or something. I, I don't remember. There I was a conversation I, yeah. we had that led to that. But I remember you being like, do you want to write Magical Cowboys? And I was like, oh, I do. But I don't think I'm ready for that yet. So a year later, I was ready. Yeah. And, and me me and my ADHD, you never know where that stuff is going to come out of, what field that's coming out of anyway. But yeah. <laughs> yes, me too. We're like a good team. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so actually, we were just talking about, you know, like what got you into co-writing, but what got you into writing individually, like specifically? Weird. So I come from a performing background uh, and a playwriting background. Um, and but really, it was like musical theater paid my bills for 15 years. You know, like I high kicked across this, this country. I performed in all 50 states and uh four different countries um and when i moved to los angeles with my husband i kind of knew that i was giving something up to be happy i just didn't realize it was performing at the time oh. <laughs> like I'm, i moved to los angeles for god's sakes right like you wouldn't think that i would be giving up performing but i i did i kind of gave up performing um uh, to be in a happy and healthy relationship but no yeah. it just I it just kind of disappeared I I kind of stopped trying um because there's no there's not theater that really pays in Los Angeles just to be honest there's very few opportunities uh for an equity actor in Los Angeles uh and most of those opportunities actually cast in New York and not Los Angeles so mm -hmm. I uh I moved here and I wasn't doing anything and I kind of started having those and Jody and I were writing together. My husband, we were writing uh, some TV scripts together. We were pitching pilots. Um, and then it, it hit me one day that I was completely unhappy and miserable, not performing, uh, not having some kind of outlet for my, like for my own art. Right. Um, and I started doing cabaret. Um, and then a friend of mine was like, do you want to do NaNoWriMo? And I was like, no, I don't <laughs> even know what 
the fuck that is. It sounds <laughs> stupid. Like, what is NaNoWriMo, right? Like, and she was like, oh my God, you little fool. Let me t- show you the way. Yes. And she was like, have you ever wanted to write a book? And I was like, uh, well, yeah. I mean, I've written multiple short stories in my lifetime. I've written plays. I've written a musical. Like, writing a book sounds fun, right? Yeah. I've always thought about doing it, never done it. And she was like, well, you write it in one month. And I just fell out. I was like, that's hilarious. You know, <laughs> so I bought the book, the NaNoWriMo oh. book. And I was yes. like, oh, just write forward. Don't read anything that you've ever written. This mm-hmm. sounds like a great plan. Uh, so I did it and I did it. I actually like wrote like 60,000 words. Nice. On the book. And then I put it aside Three months later, I broke it back out and I spent the next two years reworking on it again, like two years mm-hmm. reworking this book. Right? That first book, man. Yeah. The first book while, <laughs> while doing NaNoWriMo again in November mm-hmm. and again the next November before I ever put out a book. <laughs> right. Like I didn't, I think 2000, what is this year? <laughs> what 23. Is this year. Um. I think my first book was, I think I'm on my sixth year, my oh, sixth wow. publication year, may, maybe. Um, hold on. Hold on. And I will tell you because <laughs> now I have to know. Uh, but I, I, it was kind of like, it was an accidental, um, yeah, 2016. So that's more than six years seven years seven years see i don't keep track of this stuff because it just doesn't really matter to me yeah people are like oh my publiversary and i'm like oh i have i actually have to go look and see when mine is because yeah, it's not i, I have to go back and i'm about. like uh <laughs> yeah i'm still i'm still failing into mediocrity and uh enjoying the road and the trip on my way there so you know it's fine um but i I, my friend read my book and this mm-hmm. is my best friend. He was my, um, this gay man, uh, that I've known since my sophomore year of college. And he was like, dude, your book's really good. This is how he talks. You know, it's really good. Uh, you should publish it. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, let me call Har- uh, Harper Collins and see if they want to publish this drag queen mystery book that ends with a threesome to fuck the curse out of someone. So, you know, yeah, let me, let me get on that. Yeah. It's a drag queen paranormal mystery. I'm sure it will get jumped on right away. Oh, yeah. And he was like, no, dude, you publish it yourself. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know, like the brakes hit and I'm like, what are you talking about? I have you no idea have, what you're talking about. You don't have to get someone to tell you it's okay exactly i did not know this this is what 2000 uh probably 2015 when the seed was planted right Right. and um he's like no 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 i've been reading all these books on amazon these gay romance books he's like this book is just as good and you should publish it. And I'm like, what do you mean you're reading gay romance books on Amazon? Because Just so you know, I did not own a Kindle. <laughs> I was one of those people who laughed at people who read on Kindles. Like, because a paper. book has weight. 
and it has a smell and I still love real books. Of course we all do. Right. I mean, that's never going to change. I now read a lot on Kindle. I'm Kindle unlimited. Oh yeah. I I burn through my, my books, you know, a lot. If I really, really love it, I have to have it. I I buy the paper book version. We all do that. Um, But I, I, I had no idea. I, I was like, I, I didn't know it existed. I thought that there were like maybe seven gay romance books published possibly in the entire history of uh, publishing. And they were all sold at Barnes and Noble and they were the same seven books, probably from, I'm going to guess DS press or something. Cause that's typically, I think what most of them were at Barnes and Noble at the time. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Right. And, but I, I didn't know what that was. I never thought about even submitting to them. You know, like it, I right. just never, I, th- these thoughts never dawned on me because of what I was writing. Yeah. Drag queen, I wrote a drag queen paranormal mystery. Um, and so I did it. And then uh, I did Criminal Delights a year later. Like I had three books that came out within like a two and a half year period. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, so no, no, no. So like two and a half years later, I did Criminal Criminal Delights. Yeah. And I really discovered M.M. Romance because of Sharita Lira. Mm, um, Sharita's a, a sweetheart. Oh, she's like my sister. I adore her. She was the first person I really met in the, in, in our genre. Mm. And the care and thought and compassion that she took with me we met, I was at a different conference in Chicago and we spent like six hours in a bar restaurant, just getting to know each other and talking after criminal delights. Awesome. And she's the one that talked me into coming to GRL oh. um, because I, I did not even know that existed at the time. Uh, and, I didn't know a lot. I yeah. didn't experience, I, I didn't realize there were all these Facebook, uh, Facebook groups. Uh, I didn't realize that, there was this thriving community on Facebook. I didn't really realize, I mean, even though I had published three books until my Criminal Delights books came out, I didn't really realize what MM Romance was. The mm-hmm. whole thing. I was just writing a book. You know, yeah. it, you know, it was weird. Yeah, but then you found it um, and the rest is history, right? <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and present and Such future. amazing people. Like, we got such cool people. Yeah. So. Mm, excuse me one moment while I have my, uh, my monster because, you know, I have to have my energy drink. Vodka in that. <laughs> this is the um, berry one. And I, it, I kind of want to try it with the peanut butter whiskey. Ooh. Yeah. I kind of want to try that yeah. sometime. Like I, I do not going condone underage drinking. Going down at the same time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right. So, <clears throat> do you want to play a game? Sure. I love games. Okay. All right. This is an easy game. It's a this or that. I'm going to make you choose between two things. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Oh, God. This, I get all stressed out. Oh, I, no, I no, no, no. I can't have both. No, no. And none okay. of them. None of them are, are um, hot guys, so we're okay. Don't worry. <laughs> it, it's just, it's objects, not people. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, I'm ready. I'm ready. all right. Would you rather, for one day, 
have the power of invisibility or the power of flight. Invisibility. Invisibility? For sure, yeah. That I'm scared of heights. <laughs> flight wouldn't help me much. Oh my gosh. Oh I'd be my like, ooh, I'm levitating off the ground. <laughs> that that's true. Yeah, heights heights are not not fun. Although to be honest, my issue with heights is not necessarily the height itself. It's you know the falling and sudden stop at the end. Yes, it's the speed <laughs> yeah. and speed. Yes, uh, yeah. I, I yeah. Uh, well, then in that case, that probably uh, eliminates one of my other questions, which is, would you choose between a plane trip or a road trip? Actually, I will take the plane trip. Yeah. Well, it depends. It would depend on a who's it with. Is okay. it with you? Sure. And where are we going? Me. And where are we going? Vegas. Ooh. So from the East Coast to Vegas, which is almost all the way across the country, mm -hmm. and we're in no rush. None. Like I would, I would road trip with you. That would be fun. That would be so much fun. Yeah. You. So long as you trip. don't mind stopping at every world's largest no. ball of twine. Like, That's what I would want to do. I would want to like do all the stupid things. One of my favorite, uh, um, my very first national tour mm -hmm. was like a children's theater tour. And there was like eight of us in a van driving across the country. And we did, I mean, we probably hit like 20 some states, but we had to drive through some others. Mm -hmm. And it was, we stopped at everything. Wall drug. I mean, we like saw the wall drug signs in Minnesota for like, you know, 2000 miles wall drug this way. And as we got to it, we were just all excited. So like we stopped at every national park at every interesting, you know, giant thing that they would put a big sign on. If we had time, we drove off the beaten path to go discover everything. I love that. It's awesome. So we could road trip. That, yeah, that was for the longest time when I was in high school. What I wanted to do when I graduated high school was, you know, get a couple of friends, get pack up a car and drive across the country and, you know, stop at all the stupid spots and then, you know, just turn right around and come back again. Uh, yeah. It didn't happen, but that's that's OK. <laughs> Mostly because I wouldn't have anyway, because by the time I graduated high school, I had met the man who would become my Mr. Silver. So I, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to leave my honey behind. Well, there, there is something to be said about the, so you and I would have fun on the trip. Oh yeah. Right. But there is also something to be said about sometimes the trip is the destination that matters more. Yep. Like, you know, like I want to spend, I'm going to France. I'm going to Paris in June. Ooh. I wouldn't want to spend a month getting to Paris. No. I would want to get to Paris and be able to experience Paris. Mm -hmm. So it kind of depends on, that's why I asked, am I coming with you? Where are we going? Where are we going? Who yeah. am I with? Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes I would definitely just prefer to fly. If I'm going home to visit my family, I just want to get there. I want to have the experience and I want to come back to my house. You know yes. what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes it's, very much the nope nope a to b <laughs> yeah quickly quickly yeah all right so different this or that oh here's here's one a back massage or a foot massage 
that's actually a really hard one because they're both really amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, I am, I hold a lot of tension in my shoulders. Mm. So I will say back massage, but honestly, a good foot massage, a good foot massage can make you change religion. I mean, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. But it has to be a good one because I have ticklish feet. It be a good some, one. Yeah. yeah. Some people, their idea of a foot massage is too like tickly and like, no, 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 oh, no. I, no, I need you to cry. get in there and find every <laughs> last bit of my plantar fasciitis and work that out until I convert religion again. Like, <laughs> yes. And that's how I feel about either one. Oh, yeah. Don't play with it. Like, oh, yeah. hurt me. Hurt me on this massage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, sometimes when my back is out and I and I get Mr. Silver to give me a back massage, you know, he'll be working. I'll be like, no, 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 no. Like, like you're mad. Like I went to Starbucks without you. Like, <laughs> Oh no, my husband cannot. He cannot. He just can't. He's it's it, he's incapable of giving a good massage. Aww. He's the kind of person that like will squeeze you 10 times, 15 times, or with the elbow if you really ask him to, but then he sees something shiny and it's gone. He's like like it's, and I'm done. <laughs> yeah. It's the it's the same ADHD thing. Like I'm the kind of ADHD that I focus uh-huh. and hyper focus on, on something. So I give a really good massage because if you ask me to, it's like my this, pupils. This is what I'm doing now. Okay. And this is what I'm doing, and it's got to be done. Yep. Um, and he's the opposite. He's like shiny, gone. Yeah. Um, but he knows it, and I know it, so we we deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, my husband is also with the. Whoop! Yeah. <laughs> but I I no. I do that in conversation. You know, like I will just like no sag. I'll just like you know, like oh yeah, as as like just like we were talking about. No, we weren't talking about that list. It doesn't matter. We're talking about it now. You know, but yeah, that hyper focus. When I go into hyper focus mode, no, that is the only thing that matters. <clears throat> yeah, and then I have to almost be slapped out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my god, you are killing me now. Please stop rubbing my back. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, ooh, breakfast or dinner breakfast all the way yes yes a hundred percent breakfast for dinner yes might actually be my favorite thing in the world so i have in my freezer and i'm seriously considering making them for dinner tonight those one of those DiGiorno breakfast pizzas it's a croissant crust and the, the this particular one is the eggs benedict inspired one okay so I'm just like, I I think that's dinner tonight. Biscuits and gravy. Mm. Uh, like I biscuits and gravy, yes. pancakes, hash browns, like all of that is it's my soul food. So I'm always down for any of that. Breakfast food. I could eat breakfast, breakfast food for, for every dinner. meal. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I really I could. I just it makes me so happy. <laughs> No, I really, I had a biscuit for breakfast this morning. I had a biscuit with some pancake syrup. Okay, that works. It does. Have you ever had, so I grew up eating biscuits and Cairo syrup, white Cairo syrup. Have you ever heard of that? It's another, it's like corn corn syrup, right? Like you can use it for candy, right? Yeah. 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 I grew up eating that for breakfast almost. 
almost every day because I loved it so much. So my father made it for me every day. Hey, oh, hey. Um, I don't know how I don't, you know, like I'm not physically hurt because of all the corn syrup I ate. <laughs> but it's so good. I love it. Yep. I remember seeing that all the time in the cupboards when I was a kid because my mom would, you know, go through phases. She'd be like, I'm going to make candy. <laughs> I don't think yep. you're supposed to just eat it raw. You know, I, it yeah. cooks better than just pouring it on stuff, I'm sure. But it's yeah. so good on a hot biscuit with butter mixed in it. Oh, so good. Uh, I'm definitely, I'm definitely a uh, a maple syrup and butter. It's healthier. Maple syrup yeah. is much healthier for you than Kairos. Yeah, true. pure corn syrup for sure. Yeah, but and also maple syrup and uh, sausages. You dip the sausage in the maple syrup. I'm down. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> bacon. Oh, uh, bacon in the maple syrups. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, it can't really go wrong. Of course, then, in, uh, also, there's nothing much sadder than, you know, a poorly done brunch. <laughs> oh, but we've all experienced a poorly done brunch numerous yes. times in our life. Because... Uh... People don't really understand what brunch really is. Mm -mm. Like you get something with a split hollandaise or they, your scrambled eggs are too dry or. They've been out too long. Mm -hmm. They were, they were breakfast. Now they're yeah. brunch. Yeah, yeah. Because they're too lazy to make new ones. Yeah. Yeah. Too salty, not salty enough. Forgot to put the pepper and the gravy. Yeah. Breakfast is something you can really mess up easily. Yep. But and brunch is worse. So. Yep, it, it's and brunch. I feel like it, when they go when they mess up brunch, it, it it's actually worse because you know if you really want to enjoy your brunch, you've skipped breakfast for the most part because you know. If I've had if I'm having brunch, I'm probably having bottomless mimosas. So I probably that does help forgive a lot of sins. It does. It does. It, it does. It do yeah. Mimosas and definitely probably make up for a friends. lot. Yeah. Like you brunch with friends. Oh, yeah. You, go you don't just breakfast. brunch by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's but much more fun do. in a group. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, we've talked about drinks already. One of mine is mixed drinks or wine. Uh, so I love being a functioning alcoholic. I will say that I love all kinds of alcohol no um i <laughs> mix, it depends on the mixed drink like a good bourbon i'm down for um rarely am i going to choose the gin or, or or vodka honestly yeah um, i will sometimes like you know a martini's great every now and then but my body processes that kind of stuff at a slower rate so like one martini and i'm good right um but uh, typically, it's beer or wine for me. Yeah. It depends on my situation. Like, if I am in a, like I'm in a crowded place and I know I'm not going to be able to get a lot of drinks and I'm not familiar with what kind of beer or wine they might have because I'm I'm picky, my, my go-to mixed the drink... IPA, Liz. <laughs> That's my, my choice. That's what I do. I just choose the IPA. Just choose. I I will get like if I really really don't know and I really want a a 
a beer, I might like get like a white, like a Belgian white if they have that, because those are okay. nice and light and enjoyable. But no, my, my go-to mixed drink, and I'm such a basic white girl, is a lemon drop martini. Okay. Hey, that's yummy. A They're friend of yummy. mine was just talking about that she just made lemon drop uh, lemon drop martinis for New Year's Eve. Ooh. And she was like, I rarely, we rarely make these. They're They're delicious. And even when they're, subpar they're still delicious and also if you're just gonna have that one drink if it's not so good you know you're, you're done you don't have to order well, anymore yeah it's vodka and lemon you really and yeah. some sugar probably right so i mean yeah yeah it, it's sure it's, lemon, a, yeah. it's really not that which is funny because like straight vodka and i are not on speaking terms <laughs> oh tequila <laughs> I don't, don't even show it to me. I will slap it out of your hand at this point. Like I, I become Joan Crawford. How dare you? You know, like no wire uh, hangers and no tequila. Yes. <laughs> uh, however, if you're making margaritas. Yeah. Like I can handle a margarita. I'd be oh. like, Oh, a margarita with, with, with food. Sure. I have to tell you about the yeah. best margarita I've ever had. Okay. And it was uh, when Mr. Silver and I were up at in Salem, Massachusetts with Pandora Pine last year in June. And we went to this Mexican restaurant that's supposedly haunted. We didn't see any ghosts, but that's okay. Oh, that was going to be my question. That, But the, we got this margarita and it was a pina colada margarita. So basically, from <laughs> what I could gather, they took the pina colada mix okay. with the tequila you could not taste the tequila. It was that dangerously good. So pina colada is usually with rum, right? Mm-hmm. I always get these mixed up. So, yeah, so it's got the coconut so and it's the, got you the put coconut. the lime and the coconut and drink it all Ooh. up. Yeah. Oh, that is dangerous. Yeah, that tequila. would be very dangerous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, next time, maybe next time you and Len and I get together to have some fun, we'll... Uh, I'll have to try something like that. Yeah, we should. Oh, we, should. We, we need to plan yeah. this. We yeah, we plan should this. plan that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, Shane and uh, Lynn Van Dorn are uh, two of my regular drinking buddies for for the listeners <laughs> following along. We, and it, it's and it's so wonderful because we we just talk about the most inane things. Yes. Like we just the thing. I mean. I have learned so much knowledge and trivia because <laughs> of Lynn and Elizabeth. Like things, <laughs> things I never knew I needed to know about. Like all of a sudden we're talking about something and they're like, oh, well, this is reminds me of that 1800s war. I mean, you, you know what I mean? Like they're just, it's the random, and I'm like, oh. I've never heard of that war. And we get into it and I'm like, oh, okay. I can remember that in history. But then we actually like, we'll talk, we'll really talk about it. Yeah. And it's just fun. I'm like, I learned, <laughs> I have literally, I mean, I can't tell you, maybe I really haven't learned it very well because I'm not taking notes and there's not a test, but I, I find it fascinating. You, talking to the two of you keeps me on my toes. I appreciate that. <laughs> I really do. Uh, and it's for like our listeners, I, I please feel like <laughs> I feel like you're both like you're so you're both so freaking intelligent. 
Oh. So having conversations with both of you, like I, I'm always excited to see where it's going to go because it can go anywhere. And we're, and the three of us are just a little random. Totally <laughs> random. And no, and when one person says something else, like it can lead the other two completely off into a different path that we were yep. just on that we never get back into the original path. Oh yeah. So you really just have to, you know, it's like just go detour with the flow. time. Exactly. <laughs> and that's how all three of us actually are. Um, so it's, you know, like, like I really missed you at JRL this year um, because Lynn and I got to have lots of time together sitting around and just being goofy. And both of us were like, Oh, I love Elizabeth. I wish she was here. We need to get together. We need we need yes. to get together the three of us and record an episode of the podcast together. That would be so dangerous. <laughs> oh, but it would we be so totally fun. Do it. Yeah. We oh my totally. gosh, we should totally do that. All right. So let's move on. I have a question for you, All which right. is what should I read next? Because I'm I'm one of those people like when I've been stressed lately. I mean, like a lot of people ended, you know, like with the end of last year and then, you know, the beginning in January was oh, fun, uh, you know, so I reread when I'm stressed, but I do want new stuff. So recommend me a book, but it can't be one of yours and it can't be one of your friends. Okay. Uh, when We Rise. So I've been reading a lot of nonfiction here recently because I'm I'm working on something. You know those books that you write because they're important to you. Mm-hmm. You might sell three books. Yeah, like it, so it's I, it's that that project of the heart. Exactly, and I've been reading a lot of nonfiction recently. Um, this is by uh, um, Me Rise. By Cleve, um, oh God, LGBT. Um, he's uh, Cleve Jones. Uh, um, uh, and I've been reading a lot of books about Stonewall, and um, uh, so I would say my When We Rise is amazing, and it will make you look at the world in a completely different way. Love it. Um, okay. Uh, so I would say. I would say that should be, if you want a piece of fiction, uh, honestly, Ben, I just started rereading. Um, oh my God. Who wrote honestly, Ben? Uh, oh, that's going to kill me now. Um, uh, Bill Konigsberg. Bill Konigsberg. Okay. Honestly, mm-hmm. Ben. Uh, it's a sequel to, uh, another book of his um but i feel like it's the book uh it is a ya uh book and i read it like four years ago and i picked it up over christmas uh because it does have a little christmas in it and i Mm -hmm. read it again and i was just like this is one of those books that i'll probably will keep coming back to over and over again so those two books Love it. Yeah, then I can I I, <laughs> I now you know me. I, I'm actually a very much of a fluffy individual, you know, like I just like like right I 
despite the fact that I'm, you know, witchy and a little bit goth, uh, for everyone who's listened to this and not watching any clips, I am wearing light purple headphones with cat ears on them. And there we go. We They're have adorable. Liz's personality. They're uh, adorable. With the psychic readings, crystal ball. Yeah, with uh, the psychic readings banner you. behind me. <laughs> so can I ask you a question? Sure. So you do a lot of readings with tarot. Mm-hmm. When did you learned that that was something that interested you and you were good at. I wanted to ask you this a bunch of times and our conversation never got there. Sure. So it, well, it was something, was something that interested me when I was in high school. So I think I was 14 when I got my first tarot deck and I was absolutely terrible at it for years. (laughs) I I was so bad at tarot. I loved the cards and everything, but I was so fixated on trying to figure out the rules and the memorization and the rote. And I am a I at the time I was undiagnosed ADHD because you know women with ADHD in the 90s that didn't happen. So I, I, there was, it just wasn't happening. The memorization wasn't happening. And I sat down, my, I had several decks and just nothing ever really clicked. And I was always, you know, pulling out the little book that comes with them and giving yeah. really awkward readings. And then I sat them down and didn't do anything with it for a year or two. And then I was unemployed and I was on, I was on actual unemployment and everything. And I was still going out several times a week to the diner. I was hung out with, with my friends and, you know, people would buy me a cup of coffee and then everyone else was eating. So I didn't feel bad sitting at the table. And then I had my tarot cards and I started trying to, I decided, you know what, I'm going to do readings for these people that were buying me coffee to, you know, make it up to them. And the next thing I knew, I was doing readings for the servers, for management. I was getting whole meals I wasn't having to pay for. I I was tipping (laughs) because I'm not an asshole. And and I just had something clicked. I didn't need to use the book any. anymore one day because I realized that it wasn't about the memorization for me. Some people, that's the way they read and there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, it was, for me, it was understanding the cards and really just, you know, being able to be in the moment and being willing to be tremendously wrong. Because <laughs> sometimes I'm wrong with a, with a reading. <laughs> and that just solidified it. I, I just, it, it really, unlo- you know, brought back that interest from when I was younger and it just unlocked a love. And it's... That was, oh my God, <laughs> early passages. 2000s. It was like 20 early years 2000s. ago. Wow. It was like That's 20 amazing. years ago when I just said, this is what I love. And now I've got dozens of decks and I, you know, yeah, I definitely have a collection. I love it. I find it fascinating. Um, there there used to be, uh, I, I've never thought I was good at it and never tried to really read anyone else except myself. But there used to be this Native American deck, something called The Way. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the beginning of it that I had um, had the cards for and would 
back in the late 90s, early 2000s, I used to do readings, you know, for myself. Yeah. It, it, I had it's... no idea, no idea what I was doing. Probably, uh, I'm, you know, I don't even remember it that well at this point in time, but I always found it fascinating. So I always find people who actually really do love tarot and are good at it. Like, I, I think it's very cool. So it, it's, I love it for so many reasons and it really does. When I read for myself, it's a different experience than when I read for someone else. When I read for someone else, like I'm really just tapping, I am tapping into my own intuition and everything else and just sort of following where, where my ADHD brain goes. Let's, let's have fun with that. Uh, but when I read for myself, it's all, it's, it's kind of like giving myself my own come to Jesus too. Uh, considering yeah. I'm a pagan, that says something. Uh, but, you know, because I, I don't, <laughs> one of the hardest parts about reading for yourself is, you know, am I seeing what I want to see? Right. So it, yeah, it's a different I never really thought about that actually. Yeah. But it's, it's fun. I like it. Thank you. That's a fun question. Thank you. All right. So one more question for you. Now we are, this episode's going to be airing in February. What kind of releases do you have coming up? I have or a Hollywood book at the end of February. Oh. I know. I'm very excited. I'm still working on the cover actually. Oh, cool. Um, with Kate. Um, but I have to get it done really fast because it has to go up for pre-order at the beginning of February. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's so cool. What if Bellywood had a whorehouse in it? Um, ah! I, right. Like I was watching um, um, uh, uh, Texas has a whorehouse in it. Best We're little whorehouse in Texas. Our soul. Best little whorehouse in Texas. And uh, this was like a year ago when we started talking about this and I was like, oh my God, this is going to be my Bollywood book. Like I'm, I'm going to write about this house of ill repute in, um, which in Bollywood isn't really a house of ill repute. It's just a house of work, yeah. which is cool. And, uh, Love uh it. and it's about this, you know, squishy, sunshiny, innocent thing and a god as old as creation itself um, uh, and everyone thinks he's this little you know cupid but eros is not cupid he is the opposite of cupid oh that's a roman fixation the greek fixation of eros is i mean he came from chaos he was one of the first three beings uh he's primordial you know like He's known for causing chaos, for causing insanity, for causing, like, you know, Eros wasn't just a god of love. He was a god of lust and anger and like, all of these other emotions. So it's kind of those fun to, rampant like, kind of emotions. Yeah. yeah, the over the top, you can't control them emotions. So it's kind of cool to be playing with him um, in Bollywood right now uh, because. Bellywood kind of has some limits, you know, like on it. So it kind of helps me rein in what could be a really chaotic character. Mm -hmm. um, and I've written Eros before in another book. 
which was a totally dark, very, very, very dark book. Uh, mm -hmm. And um, it's kind of fun to think that I'm now writing another version of him that gets a real happy ending. So it's kind of, it's kind of like uh, um, uh, picking up something that you cast away a couple, you know, a few years ago and looking, looking at it from a totally different perspective, you actually are turning it around and looking through it and twist, turning it inside out. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh wow, there is a totally different story here. And it's kind of sweet. I love it. For this character, you know, like, yeah. So. And I love that, that you're using. February release. I love that you're using the, uh, what, you know, an older God and everything. Uh, and the best part about Valleywood is we've got gods from all these different pantheons. We even have made up gods. Like I, my, uh, my, my Valleywood book that's going to be in November is the third one in a series of books that I've been writing. The first one was actually in Vale yeah. Valley with, uh, the, the Raven gods books yeah. and they are made up gods. I need to be very clear. I made this shit up. I like took like a, like a concept that I'm like, I'm gonna have fun with this. And your God who's very old. My gods are very old. Yours is like all chaos. Mine are like order. Like they're literally gods of past, present and future. Like I, I love that. Like I actually really like writing about uh, ancient gods. Um, I've done it a few times now mm -hmm. um, in different what totally different ways. Uh, but I love the whole concept of chaos and order mm -hmm. to begin with, like almost two warring sides, two factions that create reality as we know it, you know, like I create, I destroy and create all over again. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One can't Kinda exist like writing. The other. <laughs> yeah. They, it's like, they keep the train on, you know, the track because of the opposite poles, right? Mm -hmm. Like I find that kind of thing fascinating. One can't exist without the other, so both must exist. Um, and I'm not getting into that in the Valleywood book, but yeah, uh, <laughs> but I do it, find it's that, a fun that concept, and it's a yeah. good place to start. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I will be sure to put the pre-order link for your Valleywood book, by the way, in the description for the podcast episode and in the posts that I do. Because this episode is going to be airing on February 1st. Nice. Oh, so it will. That's, that's it, the, the day of your pre-order. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Uh, I think it comes out February 20. Oh, God. I don't even 28. know. February 28th? Yep. yep okay, because yeah. the Valleywood ones are the ends of the month. Yep. Uh, okay. It's yeah, awesome. I mean, I'm really excited about it. I love writing the squishy cinnamon roll opposite mm -hmm. this kind of g god of chaos that now he's got a never he's found kinda... a mate you know like he's never all this time he's primordial he's before earth existed mm -hmm. before humanity was ever formed and uh to be alone all that time really causes some mental issues i'm just saying i'm so excited <laughs> i can't wait to read this yay well, Shane, I want to thank you so much for joining me in the Blanket Fort. I have had so much fun talking with you. So great. As always. You have to come back again to, to the Blanket Fort or, or we'll just, uh, you know, kidnap Lynn Van Dorn and we'll we'll do a very inebriated episode together, the three of us. <laughs> yeah, we should. Uh, 
I'm not sure the world's ready for that, but I think we should totally do it. Uh, and, 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 you know, just for like the, the general disclaimer, please drink responsibly and uh, only if it is legal to do so where you live. <laughs> and, behave. and behave. Or don't. Or just don't get caught. <laughs> don't get caught. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Have fun and, and don't, don't get, don't, uh, and behave. Or if you can't behave, don't get caught. <laughs> <laughs> don't get caught. <laughs> Mwah! Hi. Hi. <laughs> Blanket Fort is an original podcast hosted and produced by me, Elizabeth Silver. Music is playing in color by Nullhertz on pixabay.com. If you enjoy this podcast, please like and share it with your friends who also enjoy all the awesomeness that is queer romance novels. Thanks and see you again next time.